Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. We are now on Facebook. Are we officially live? We are. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast Workflow Wednesday series. Um, I'm here with our guest for today, Ty Pentecost, Haley Gaffin, Rich and Heather Smith are all here with me. Hello, everybody. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Social distancing uh, episode. Yeah. Social distancing (laughs) exemplified, I guess, huh? Our, Uh, Our meeting virtually. Yeah. Um, so just for every, for context, for anybody who may be watching or listening in for the first time, the Workflow Wednesday series is a special series on the Boca podcast where we focus on workflow, more specifically efficient workflow. And um, we push this out to the Photographer's Edit Facebook page. So if you go to facebook.com slash photogs edit, for those of you listening to the audio version of this later on, you can see the video version there on the Facebook page for Photographer's Edit. And then for those of you who might be watching the video, if you go to bocapodcast.com, this, the audio version of this will be live probably by about 6 p.m. Eastern today, April 1st. Uh, and you can check that out there. You can listen in there. We also have, uh, Haley, we actually have um, all of these episodes categorized at bocapodcast.com, correct? The Workflow Wednesday series? Yes, we have a whole series on it. So I'll link to that in the comments of the Facebook Live. And then I'll also link to it in the show notes of this episode. Perfect. Um, awesome. I think that's enough of an introduction to me rambling on. Rich, I'd love for you to introduce our special guest today before we get into industry news. Hi, what's up? <laughs> this, is, this is Ty. What's up? Hey, hi, Ty. Uh, Ty okay, so. <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to say hi. <laughs> what's up, Ty? Uh, so, uh, uh, so where are where do you live, Ty? Where, where where are you from? So I live out in Tracy, California, which is more central California, but I service mainly the Bay Area. Okay, nice. Heather actually grew up in California in the in the oh, orange nice. in, in the in the Orange County area. So nice. uh, so uh, so how how are things doing in, in in California? You know, our governor was like super proactive, and like before, like they really started doing the self shelter in place. He already had it all going. Kids were out of school. Mm-hmm. He already had extended, you know, the timeline. And then it came out that now we're going to be going through the month of um, April. And so it's mm-hmm. just been, I've been quarantining now for like, it feels like 30 days already. Wow. <laughs> That's wow. what it feels like. I think I've been outside like four or five times. Now, are, are you able to get any supplies at all? I mean, like, how, how's that work in California? You know, like at first we couldn't get toilet paper or anything like that. And uh, my husband was going to like the local like Rite Aids and like waiting in line. And he was able to get a couple of rolls kind of thing. And it's gotten a little bit better. Okay. Like people have calmed down. But there was like no meat. There was no dairy. Yeah. So I told him, I'm like, I'm really, really sick of like um, ground turkey meat. I really would <laughs> like some tri-tip or something. Yes. <laughs> yes. Seriously. 
it's so funny it's to see people's crazy. buying patterns when you see like empty shelves and then like one or two products left. You're like, oh, okay. So that's the, like the, the least yeah. sold product in this particular genre of food. Very right. interesting. Yeah. You know, we, we would rather starve <laughs> to have purchased this product. So right? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It really is oh, odd. I don't, and I still am confused by the whole toilet paper thing too, because like, yeah. why is it specifically toilet paper of all the things? Like normally like, around here, yeah. occasionally we'll have a, um, a tornado uh, or a storm coming through and people are freaking out a little bit. And so, you know, whether it's snow or a tornado or whatever the storm is, it's coming in and, and milk and bread clears out. Yep, not bread. toilet paper. So what is it about toilet paper? What do people think they're going to so be doing? Weird. It's so uh, weird. Yeah, it's I been think, like the apocalypse around here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it. I think it's spread pretty quickly because I. I feel like once it became like a thing, then everyone, including re- reasonable people like us, were like uh, uh, we may not be able to get toilet paper for a month, and we only have two mm-hmm. bowls left. So, uh, so we, we need, you know, we legitimately need some. So. And so we start panicking, and so, uh, so I mean, everybody starts hoarding things. So, uh, yeah. so, so yeah, it's, it's it's pretty crazy. But yeah. So, so Ty, tell us just briefly a little bit about about your photography business. Um, and we, we're actually we've we've got a really interesting topic today that I'm going to uh, well we'll get to here in just a few minutes. But um, will you share just briefly your your background as a photographer, and and then also your website, social media as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am a wedding and engagement photographer with a focus on film photography. I love the traditional timeless look of film. And my website is www.tiepentecostphotography.com. And you can find me on Instagram at tiepentecost. Perfect. And of course, we'll put that in the show notes too, for everybody listening in. If you go to bocapodcast.com, all the, the talking points and resources from today's conversation will go there. Uh, and we're going to get to this, this really interesting topic here in just a little bit. Ty and I were chatting about this. I was like, oh my word, we should totally talk about this on the podcast. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. We'll tease it. So, so and- how, how, how did you guys meet? How, how did you, uh, Ty, Ty and Nathan, how did you guys meet? So I think you and I originally met at a conference, correct? We met at a conference, we met at the cookout. That's right. And, at the, the first one um, in Atlanta, right? Uh, Yes, we met at the second one in Atlanta because they already had one last year and we met at the one in 2019. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, they, so, yeah, they had the first one. The first one was in Atlanta and then one last year was in New Orleans, right? Oh, my gosh. Well, listen, I'm all confused because I was just in Atlanta <laughs> speaking at, um, at the Vision Conference. So I'm all oh, okay. mixed up. Yes, we met in New Orleans. Okay. The New Orleans Conference this past year. By the way, for anybody listening in who's never been to the Cookout Conference before, Uh, seriously, one of my favorite in the whole industry. And I've been to conferences now for close to 20 years. One of the greatest things about this conference is it's focus on community. So you feel Mm -hmm. like you're just hanging out with family. People actually Mm -hmm. are interested in having real conversation and connecting, going beyond that surface level. And uh, I just, I love it for that. And it's actually, hopefully still coming to Chattanooga this year. Right. Um, Yeah. Later this year. So I'm hoping to see you in my, in our hometown, I should say. Ty, um, yes. everybody look out for that. We'll put some information or links of information about the conference in the show notes as well at uh, bocapodcast.com, but you got to check out the cookout. Yeah, absolutely great. So, so really quick, how did you get into photography? Give us a brief, a brief, oh, like, man. like how, how that works. That's funny. So I have a 17 year old now, but at the time he was like in the sixth grade and he was starting to become really good at football. And so I wanted to be able to capture like these, you know, sports moments and stuff. And so I begged my husband, to let me buy a camera. And I 
one of the dads set this new T5i Rebel Canon camera on like sports mode for me to be able to shoot these action shots. And then my sister was like, we want family photos. And I was like, hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, I just shoot football. So I literally photographed her family session in sports mode with those same settings. And I fell in love. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is what I do. And within, I think, like six months, I had photographed as a second shooter. And then it just kind of took off from there. But after shooting the sports pictures, I knew that I just loved to be able to capture still photography. I just knew that was my jam. So, awesome. And you said film specifically. Are you using particular format and particular cameras? Yeah. So I recently, uh, probably after like two years of shooting, I started kind of dabbling in like 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. I had a friend who sent me like a old Canon EOS one in um, film camera and I started playing around with that. And then last um Maybe two years ago, I said I want to take this more seriously, so I purchased a medium format. Um, and Which I've one been did you shooting. go with? I went with the Pentax six forty five. Nice, um, yeah. because I figured if, if I didn't fall in love with it and I didn't want it to become like a part of my future, like my brand in the future, I didn't want to have spent like a lot of money like on a contacts or something like that. So I sure. started off kind of on the little I call it the poor man film camera. <laughs> I don't, I've got a, I have a I love camera it. that, that was like 50 bucks, a medium format camera that was like $50 mm-hmm. and it takes stunning images. So I don't think you have to like equate the equality of what you're able to capture with that camera just specifically or directly to the price at all. Yeah, I agree. Cause now I've been shooting on it for like two years and I know a lot of people have been like, are you going to upgrade to the contacts? I'm like, for what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. good. I've got it. You know, I've got it down. I know what it can do and what it can't do. And I know what film I love and all yeah. that good stuff. So I'm pretty settled with what I have. That's awesome. You're talking to the right group of people. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> uh, we also tend to be minimalists who don't necessarily splurge for all the latest gear or all, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. you find what works and um, yeah. And you, it gets to the point where like uh, my clients would not know if I was right. shooting the latest, latest equipment or on the most expensive cameras. Yeah. They would like, not know if we were bankrupting we, ourselves on the latest of everything, you know, right. they would not notice the difference in their images. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, I, what, what I think is fantastic is that uh, normally when I hear about someone who's, who is doing film, they started with film. That, that's mm-hmm. what they know. And mm-hmm. the they knew they fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. It's very rare where, where we hear a photographer who started with digital and then moved to, to film, mm-hmm. which is, um, which is, that's awesome. That's so cool. that's so cool. That's such a cool story. And you are you actually was? shooting film like hundred percent of the time or is it just the majority or how does it break down? So it depends on, it depends on like what I'm shooting. So if I'm shooting a wedding, I'm pretty much going to be shooting the majority of the details, the portraits, um, and some of the family photos I'll shoot in film, but I normally will do a digital backup or have mm. my second shooter do the digital backup. Okay. Um, for like families, I may, you know, grab like two or three rolls of film. If it's little kids, I'll try to bring the 35 millimeter and try to capture it on 35. Cause they're like running around and crazy. <laughs> um, yep. so, um, but I don't really like, I don't have it in my head. Like, Oh, I must shoot, you know, 15 rolls of film at a wedding. I just kind of go with the flow. If the lighting's right, things look beautiful. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot it on film. Okay. So. And then I, I mean, this is probably goes without saying, but I'm assuming you have to figure that additional cost of development mm-hmm. into what you're charging too. I mean, did you end up having to kind of jack your prices up to do that? 
You know, for that first year, I told myself, you're going to eat the cost. You're not going to charge the client for something that you don't even know if you're good at it yet, or, you know, you're still (laughs) trying to figure it out on your your own. And then after that first year, I had it down. I started raising my prices to cover the cost and expense and also the artistry. Like to me, it's a different level of artistry when you start shooting film. Mm. Mm -hmm. I remember when I shot my first wedding, I I charged all of $350 and I was (laughs) shooting with 35 millimeter film camera. This is back in 2001. And I lost money because the yeah. development cost of the 12 rolls or whatever it was that, that I ended up shooting, um, it was so much more than, of course, what we ultimately ended up charging. So it lost lost money in that process. So you definitely have to figure that in. And mm-hmm. especially when you're talking medium format with, was it 12, 12 frames 16 per? 16 frames. 16 frames? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the intentionality that that forces too. Like you have to actually yes. think about each shot. And we don't really do that with digital as much anymore. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't spray and pray with uh, with film. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Well, okay. Well, that's a hundred dollar. Okay. Right. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always thinking like twenty dollars every time you click, even though it's not twenty bucks. I'm right. Not, yeah. Inflating. Yeah. But in my mind, I've told myself that's twenty bucks. That's twenty yeah. bucks. That's twenty bucks. You know. That's right. smart. So. Oh, you yeah. got yeah. You got to figure that in. Um, well, it, before we get to kind of our main topic today, uh, Rich. Heather, is there a particular industry? And Ty, just to give you context, we we normally like to kind of dig into a little bit of industry news, maybe industry gossip, if you will, put in air quotes, oh, yeah. um, before we get to the main topic. Yeah. What's been piquing your interest in the last week or so, Rich and Heather? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's what everything, like uh, the coronavirus, also. I mean, like, uh, like, like again, like, it's, it's this whole this whole deal, like, how there's just so many unknowns as far as like, uh, like how is this going to affect our industry, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. um, and so I, we, just, and so I think there's this, 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 uh, I, I was looking for, I was actually looking for industry news and I think it feels like everything's gone like, like screeched to a halt. Like, like mm-hmm. nothing's coming out, nothing, no big news has come. Uh, uh, New releases have been postponed. Yeah. You it's, know, it's really, really, gear. It's, it's really interesting. So I mean, like, uh, in fact, uh, there, mm-hmm. there's actually articles I was re- reading about, about, about some of these big companies, including Canon and Nikon, I mean, like it, this has affected their business so much that they could go bankrupt. I mean, like, and yeah. like what, what, like they, um, Canon has halted production. Now they've halted um, repairs, um, and uh, and if it keeps on going on, then like then like the, the article is basically saying, hey, like what would happen if like your your company that uh, that that you relied on for for repairs or or for their newest stuff like goes away, you know, it's just, it's just really crazy to think about that. That like, just start like, shooting with our phones all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that Apple? It, I don't think Apple's going away anytime soon. So it's just, it's just, it's just a really, really interesting thing. Like, as you know, um, a lot, a lot of photographers are, are, uh, are already, um, like filing for, um, not bankruptcy, but unemployment, but, uh, unemployment and, <sighs> and, and, uh, and I just, I just, there's a lot of just, um, despair and and, mm-hmm. and sadness and whatnot, uh, and so which actually just makes me really really thankful for all the the amazing memes that come out that's, that's coming out right now because <laughs> I mean, it just just to have a little bit of sense of humor, just a little bit of laughter, just um, helps this uh, be less painful, you know, mm-hmm. because it's, it's it's been it's been crazy, you know. Yeah. So have you all seen the the uh, YouTube no. series that's just begun? Rich sent this to me. Um, is it John Krasinski with yes. that yes. was on the office? 
started SGN. The, some yeah, good the, news. the good some good news. I, and I've been talking about this idea for a while, you which have. I think is what Rich sent it to me. But you know, yeah. if you go to headlines, CNN, mm-hmm. Fox, NBC, ABC, whatever, I mean, it's just it's like the world's coming to an end. And of course, yeah. we don't want to minimize the significance of it. But right. I just wonder how much the way the the news media focuses on these things, the way that they portray what's going on, how much that in and of itself affects the markets. Um, out in addition to, of course, the lack of business and how that's affecting the markets. I just wonder how much that plays in. At the very least, though, it's nice to to see that somebody might actually be focusing on something other than the negative. And that was really cool. We'll have to link to that video in the show notes. It already had oh, 9 yeah. million views. Did you see this, Ty? I haven't. I need to check it out. Are you a yeah. fan of The Office? My son is obsessed. Is he? So okay. He, Your yeah. son will love this video. Love John He'll, Krasinski does it from his home. Yeah. It's just, he's so, yeah. like, he's so likable. You know, yeah. I, I, I laugh because I thought Nathan was like, um, have you seen this, this series? I thought you were going to mention the Tiger King series, <laughs> That's, and uh, which, which we watched. And I just, I, uh, after afterwards, I was like, I told Heather, I was like, I feel like I need to take a shower because, <laughs> like, I why just, did I watch this? Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. Did you watch yeah. it too, Ty? I did. Did you? I, I felt like my my intelligence, like my IQ, my sense of morality, like everything was just like like negatively affected by this show. I'm like, I got to rid myself of this craziness, you know? I told my husband, I'm like, you know, I really feel like killing someone right now. And I want to kidnap all those tigers. Yeah. 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 So has everybody seen it? Has everybody seen it? I haven't seen the whole thing yet. I started watching it last night and and I was somewhat enthralled. I mean, you can't, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of like, yeah, the train wreck that's happening. The train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I have not started watching it only because every time I go to start, it's like nine o'clock. And from what I hear is you just can't stop. So I don't want to stay up all night. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, Maybe, maybe this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I recommend trying to get it over with and maybe like, maybe like three evenings, you know, (laughs) maybe like watch two episodes. Yeah, per so evening, then, then, get some decent sleep, and, and then and then take a shower get it over. and just just rinse yourself of this, this series. <laughs> the it madness. Is, it is insane. Oh so. gosh, we gotta get we gotta. Yeah, we, we get to go to our main topic. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so bad. Because now I just want I want to save all the tigers. <laughs> yeah, I I actually had an experience, and I should have prepped this for show and tell today. Actually, maybe I could do this. We'll we'll pull this up really quick since we're talking about Tiger King. I think I could find it really quickly. But when I was a kid, um, I actually had the chance, I lived in Japan, um, of all places in Japan, I was able to pet this baby tiger. Oh and yeah, it was it was kind of a wild so experience. Jealous. This this tiger wasn't so much in the mood to be petted as probably mm-hmm. most tigers would feel. <laughs> um, but let me see if I can pull this up really quick so I can share it with everybody because it's kind of a wild picture. In the meantime, though, um, on a maybe slightly more serious note, Ty, had you, I mean, Rich was talking about kind of this despair that that photographers are feeling in many cases. I just had a really interesting conversation with uh, a photographer friend and and a actually previous guest on the Boca podcast, Matt Odom. He and I were just chatting a day or two ago, and he was talking about how, you know, a lot of photographers, they're kind of hit now with the reality, which is that financial, like proactive, healthy financial management is something that they're going to have to address moving forward. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. in situations like this, 
they don't have to be in freak out mode. We're all concerned because our companies right. aren't generating revenue, but mm -hmm. they at least don't have to be freaking out. Have you heard some of these conversations as well? I'd love to get your take on, on the topic. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's been so many conversations I've had. I've heard um, from photographers that, you know, have been like six figure photographers that didn't necessarily manage well, and now they're freaking out and yeah. are scared. And then I've heard from folks who have employees that they've, you know, that they're trying to keep employed and trying to figure out how to make sure to, you know, maintain their quality of life at the same time. Like I've also heard from photographers who've done a good job at saving up and, mm. you know, have investments and things they can fall back on. And mm -hmm. I think it's just a good life lesson, honestly, a, a good reset for all of us to think about like how we're going to be managing this stuff in the future. Um, I've also heard a lot from photographers who just weren't quite like, getting the ball rolling with like um, bookings and inquiries and things like that. And then this kind of like really put the clamp on, Yeah. but you know, I've been, I personally have been trying to encourage folks. I'm a, I'm a team leader, group leader for Tuesdays together with the rising yeah. tide society. And so I've been trying to meet in the group like once a week and just touching base and encouraging people to like focus on the things that you can control. Yes. Um, try to focus on the finances that you can control and if you are one of those folks who has to go and apply for an SBA loan or you need to file for unemployment, you just got to do what you got to do. There's no shame in the game. And let's use these platforms as a way to kind of come together and talk and share and be honest. And then what we put out to the world is positivity and encouragement and light. But yeah. this is our safe place to just be us. Yes. You know what I mean? No, so. that's that's so good. I mean, and, and to your point, focusing on the the positive encouragement, mm -hmm. kindness, and if, if possible, sharing information that might be helpful as well. I think it's really good. We've been trying to do that. Haley and I have been working overtime at the podcast, putting out uh, really an episode a day, right? For the last week and a half or so. Yeah. Um, and, and we're trying to continue to, to push out helpful information, certainly. Mm -hmm. um, it gives photographers information to consume while they've got a little bit of extra time, but a lot of it's been centered around Corona. And ultimately, to your very point, Ty, how to be proactive, how to focus on the things that you can control in the moment. We can't control the virus, obviously. We don't know mm -hmm. how long, much longer this is all going to continue. In the meantime, we have extra time. We can focus on those things that are in front of us, how we spend our time, what we're doing to prepare our business so that on the other side of this, we can come out strong. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's hard to, to go there if we're fixated on the negative. But if we redirect our focus to the things we can control, that's the, that's the place to be. I'm really glad that you highlight that. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I've been telling people, allow yourself, if you feel caca when you wake up, then feel caca for a day, but don't stay in that. Yeah. Um, and surround yourself around people who are going to say, you know, slap you and say, come on, girl, let's get this thing going. And you can't stay in this place. Yeah. Yeah. But allowing yourself to be human in the space to be human, I think is super mm -hmm. important, but you can't wallow. There's mm -hmm. too much to be done in our businesses that we probably were ignoring when things were busy for us to wallow for too long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that's a, I, I love that uh, you are concentrating on encouraging people because there's so many, so much that needs so many people that need to be encouraged right now to be strengthened. And uh, I, I love that you're doing that. And in fact, I was talking to a friend last night that I was just telling him about, about uh, my own kind of like um, this, I, I, you know, I, I'm an extrovert and I get my energy by being around people and I can't be around people right mm -hmm. now. And so, uh, and so, uh, uh, so a, a lot of times um, I wake up and I just don't feel motivated. I just, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and so like, you gotta, I have to kind of get moved past a, a point 
of saying, okay, I got to do this even when I don't feel like doing this. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, because I, I'm, 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 I'm an artist and I'm extroverted and I, I, I like to, uh, uh, I, I deal with my feelings a whole lot. You know, I'm a mo- I'm an emotional thing that I put that into my work. And, uh, and so, and so a lot of times, <laughs> uh, uh, my feelings kind of like trump everything else, you know? And, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that, that's just something that, uh, you know, you have to work on you. Right. And so mm-hmm. e- e- even, even just talking about it, uh, um, I, I, I myself even this morning, I didn't, I, I talked with my friend on, on the phone last night. I wasn't even close to him, but just talking with him, I woke up this morning feeling more motivated, you know, mm-hmm. because he, he was, he was telling me that, uh, he was struggling with the same thing, and hey, let, let's help each other out with uh, with uh, you know with with accountability or, or whatnot. And I was like, that's great. that's great, you know. That's that's what we need right now. It's a bunch of people who say, hey, I get it. I'm going through the mm-hmm. same thing. Let's help each other out. Let's encourage each other. You know, strengthen each other. So, I love that. So good. It's like we have to surround our people ourselves around people who are going to bring light to us. Yeah. Um. And so I've been very very careful. I'm introverted but I can be extroverted when I need to be. Sure. And so um, I have definitely been someone who's like, Oh, I'm chilling. Like, this is like the way I work every day. <laughs> but, um, but the reality is, is like the financial losses. And then, you know, mm. seeing my son and, you know, he's struggling with, you know, he was being recruited for football and now that's all kind of like pause and we don't know what's going on. And so those wow. things have definitely impacted my, me, you know, spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like getting on the phone with my friends and they're saying, girl, we got this, we got this. It kind of keeps you, we got this, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. nice yeah. To, to have a community. I mean, the photography industry, that's one of the cool things about at least a significant portion, if not the majority of it. Um, we do have a pretty great community. People. Oh, did, he, did everybody go away? What happened? Oh, is are, do we is somebody frozen? Oh, I think I, they may be. <laughs> oh, are, are we frozen? Um, I I felt like everyone froze except us. But, yeah, but maybe so. Maybe it was us who froze. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Are we unfrozen? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We're, we're all you good. Guys, we're all good. Guys, okay, okay you, guys, right. you guys were looking great. Sorry. Go ahead. Continue, Nathan. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's I mean, ultimately, you all really summed it up. It, it, focus on surrounding with yourselves with people, um, not only for the sake of encouraging them, but for mutual encouragement. I think it's really important. And of course, this gives us this platform here. It gives us an opportunity to do just that. Also, make sure that you have um, plenty of Tiger King in your life. And this is my, <laughs> this is my version of, of uh, Tiger King here. So the, for anybody that's that's listening to just the audio version of this, this is a snapshot. Um, my dad probably took this picture because he was kind of the camera guy growing up. But um, this is myself on the right-hand side in the, the light blue shirt, and my brother, a next brother down, Jason, um, next to me in this little tiger cub. Uh, this was at some kind of a park, an amusement park or something in Japan. Um, it was after hours, so they happened to let the the cat out, and we got to to be with this little tiger cub. <laughs> nice, nice. When I when I was a kid, my my parents had a um, a rental house, and um, and uh, this guy he was eccentric, and he was a he was a drunk eccentric, very similar to uh, to the, these people on Tiger King, very similar, very similar, just very very peculiar person. And he had a lion cub. Oh, wow. Uh, and and uh, so we would go there and, uh, and pet the lion cub. And obviously, when it got to a certain size, then he had to kind of give it up to, to a zoo or whatnot. But but uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool, you know. Well, so, we'll, we'll have to show. I'll, I'll give the picture to Haley and she can post it in the show notes. We'll, well maybe I'll post it to social media too at some point. It'd be kind so of fun. Jealous, Nathan. <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> I'm so jealous right now. <laughs> uh. 
Well, um, Ty, I, I have to say again, thank you for coming in to hang out with us on the show today. And there was a topic, I don't remember exactly how the conversation came up, but we were talking about editing dark skin tones. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I obviously I own an, an editing company, have now for about 12, 13 years or so. And this is something, of course, that that we have to make sure we're doing accurately. But I, I think you pointed out the fact that you're seeing, I don't know if it was on social media um, or on websites or otherwise, that photographers seem to be falling short in one way or another when it comes to editing dark skin tones. I'd love to start, first of all, with what those issues may be that, you, that you're noticing, and then we can get to kind of a proactive side of the conversation. How do we best address that? How do we best edit darker skin tones? So will you give a little bit of context to the conversation? Yeah, so um, I shoot film. So the skin tones are always pretty accurate when you shoot film. However, okay. when you shoot digital, there's just a lot of leeway. Um, with that. And so what I had been finding is that a lot of times, you know, natural reflectors weren't being used. So skins weren't, you know, being properly exposed. Um, And so especially if you have someone who's lighter and someone who's darker, Mm -hmm. I was seeing that the person that was darker was always the like really dark one or the light person was very overexposed to be able to capture the darker skin tone. And then the other issue I was saying, which is a, a big one for me, was um, the skin tones were either very orange yes. or very ashy washed out. Okay. So it was, you know, kind of alarming because as a, you know, Black photographer, I pride myself in trying to get accurate skin tones across all nationalities, especially in the Bay Area where we have a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so um, black skin tones are always kind of a hot button topic for our community because acceptance with being black, light skinned, melanin, any type of melanin skin um, has always been something that's very important. So when it's not done right, it feels, um, it makes us feel bad, basically. Sure. Well, just because it seems to indicate kind of a lack of, well, two things, awareness and then sensitivity Mm -hmm. as well, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. That makes sense. So I, I guess maybe we can just jump right to the to the practical side of this. How do we how do we best address this? Are you able to share your screen by any chance and maybe kind I of can. walk us through? Yeah, I can. Um, let's see here. And for those of you who are listening to the audio version of this, obviously I'll, I'll try to kind of color commentate, uh, no pun intended on, <laughs> on, on the conversation and what we're seeing in front of us, um, just best as possible. And let me adjust my screen here so I can make sure that I'm seeing Ty's screen accurately as well. And okay, so Ty, right now we've got in front of us a picture, a photographed outdoor, outdoors of a couple, correct? Yeah. So these cuties, um, it's their engagement session and this is the raw file. Um, I did cheat and crop all of these cause, <laughs> cause my framing's not always the awesomest, but, um, and so to start off, like when I normally am shooting outdoors for couples, um, I don't mind having greens in the background, but I okay. try to avoid putting them on greens and that's for any skin tone. Um, so mm. if I have pavement or gravel or crushed granite or something like that, that's normally where I'm going to place them Okay. and then try to place the light either behind them or on the side of them. And, and that's it may go, the way... It- it may go without saying for some listening in, but can you give a little bit of context to, to the reasoning for that, especially with regards to in putting the subjects in a green environment? Yeah, because I mean, every skin tone is going to cast the color that's kind of around them, um, especially what's happening in front of them. So if I'm placing them on the grass, then 
not only are you going to have to deal with the um, melanin skin tone, which in some cases, the underlying color of that could be orange or it could be blue. Okay. But then you're going to also have to mix that with green. Mm. And so you could be a master editor, but getting that green out of the skin is, it's a lot. I, I, <laughs> I do pretty good with editing, but I'll have to say like, that is just something that I don't want to have to deal with on every single photo for, you know, 40 images I'm going to deliver or something sure. like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes so, sense. Okay, and, so in this particular case, um, and and of course we're we're looking at at this virtually. So what I'm seeing in front of me is is an image that's a little bit on the cool side, slightly underexposed. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you go? And, and by the way, for anybody listening in to the audio version of this, we're going to have the video version of this posted to the photographers edit Facebook page um, at facebook.com/slash photogs edit p h o t o g s e d i t. So make sure you go there and you can see exactly what it is that we're talking about. But uh, what would you do with the image from here, Ty? So I'm I'm a fan of presets. And the reason why I shoot with presets is because I shoot film. And so I'm okay. always looking for um, my digital to match as close to my film as possible. I've tried several different presets. Uh, I don't need to name them all off. But I have found that Mastin Labs has been the truest to skin tones that I can find to match my film. Interesting. Okay. So... The first thing I'm normally going to do is apply my, well, first thing I would have done is crop. (laughs) I would have cropped my image. Um, But the next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to apply the um, Fuji 400, but I normally will do a push on it. Okay. Um, Because that's the way that I'm probably going to develop my film. So now I've got the push on it and you can see that the blacks have really came in and her skin is very orange and he looks very dark. So the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to just pull the exposure up a little bit. Okay. And then I'm going to warm the image up because it needs to be warmed up. It feels very cool. So now you can see, this is probably what I see delivered right now. Yes. From a lot of photographers. And I'm like, yes. whoa, <laughs> yeah. it's very orange. Her skin's very orange and his skin is very orange. They both have orange undertones in their skin. Sure. So the first thing that I'm going to do to pull that out is the contrast. I'm going to pull the contrast down just to kind of calm things down a little bit. Interesting. Okay. And then the next place that I'm probably going to go to, because the greens are just a little bit. So Fuji produces very vibrant greens. Like everything's like popping and neon and, and it's just kind of a bit much. So I'll go through and I even do this on my film. I do pull the greens down just a tiny bit on my film as well. Okay. Is I'll pull the saturation down just a little bit on to make everything kind of calm down a little bit. Okay. And so for everybody listening in too, just so you know what you're seeing, um, she's actually gone into the HSL, hue saturation, luminance section in Lightroom and the panels on the right hand side. And under saturation, she's adjusting the green slider. Thank you. So the key, in my opinion, to beautiful skin tones with any type of film preset is going to be in your HSL sliders. Hmm. So there's two ways you can do it. I choose to do it in the luminance. I'll start with luminance first. Okay. And I'll take the luminance for the orange and I'll see if I can just brighten it a little bit to take some of the intensity of the orange off. Got it. So by pulling that up just a tiny bit, it doesn't feel as intense now orange in her face. Mm Mm-hmm. 
if it doesn't feel like it's enough, like maybe you have an image that even with popping the oranges just a little bit, it feels like way too much. Then I may go back to saturation and play with the orange saturation HSL sliders and see if I can pull a little bit of it out. Okay. Now here's the issue with the, with the groom to be, and this was actually what it looked like for their session as well is in some of the images, he still felt like the coloring was just a little bit off. And so when that happens, I'll just take a brush and I'll play around with the temperature just on him. And I'll kind of like brush maybe a little bit more orange on him or cool him down a little bit, whatever needs to happen. I will go through and like, just brush him a little bit and see if I can pull a little bit better color on him where he looks a little bit more natural. So for me, this would probably be an image that I would deliver. It's consistent with my style. They don't look like orange Oompa Loompas. That's, that's the term that we say all the time in the black photography community is they look like orange Oompa Loompas or they look washed out. (laughs) So, and and actually to that point, I'm curious, even with this image here for somebody, I mean, we'll just kind of plead ignorance, I guess, in some ways here for somebody who's not as familiar with, let's say, um, not only photographing, but editing, certainly after the fact, uh, somebody who has darker skin tones, how do you find that balance between making sure that there isn't too much saturation, particularly in the orange, um, but also then at the same time, not increasing that luminance so much then that the skin tones get washed out? Where is the line there and how do they find that the best way possible? You know, I think it's kind of almost a personal preference, but for me, I always go back to what they look like that day. I try to think about like how they look that day when I photographed them and just with my, with what my eye saw. Sure. And I want to make it feel like my work with the film, you know, with the film look, but I just want to make sure that when I go into the skin, it's not so orange that I'm losing, like it doesn't draw my eye first. Got if it. That makes sense. Got it. That's probably what my determining factor is. If the first thing I look at is, oh my gosh, she looks very green um, or she looks very orange, then I know something's not right. Sure. Um, and it just, to me, it's just playing with it. And I think a lot of times you were talking about the difference between the film camera and the way that it captured it relatively accurately out of the camera. Um, you know, a lot of these cameras now are set up with certain profiles, color profiles to begin with. So they're already automatically, especially if you're shooting in JPEG, it's already putting some type of a color profile, increased contrast, saturation, et cetera, on that image to begin with, which is right. just naturally distorting it to begin with. Right. Right. And one cheat that I do is if I'm a little bit unsure of my coloring, um, cause like, I know like on my screen, like my Lightroom screen, things can sometimes feel a little bit more cool. Um, what I'll do is I'll email that picture to myself or I'll drop it into like a chat box to myself oh, in yeah. um, Facebook. And then I'll look at it on my phone mm. just to make sure that the coloring looks good on the phone and the computer and Lightroom, that they all feel consistent before I start sharing and posting those pictures. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really like a stickler about skin. So for me, if I, if it looks great, great. If it doesn't, then I'm going to go back and I'll literally re-edit a whole session. Wow. Okay. Well, this is, I mean, I'm already taking in so much and this is going to be so wonderfully practical and helpful for, for everybody listening and watching. Again, for anybody listening to the audio version of this, make sure you go to facebook.com slash photogs edit. 
the video will be posted here on the page so you can actually see what Ty is demonstrating. Ty, can you take us to an indoor image potentially um, and show us how you might edit that? I like that that you actually, uh, um, it's amazing how how much our, our, uh, as we stare at our computer screens, how how much our eyes can start um, lying to us as far as like Mm -hmm. what what we think is, and so often when I, well, I'll edit a photo, think it looks great, leave, take a five minute break and then come back. I'm like, Whoa, wait a second. Yes. That, that's that, you know, like you said, like the, 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 the skin to way too orange or, or that, that the, the color is off, you know? And then, mm-hmm. and so like, I, I have literally have uh, re-edited a whole session because like uh, I was just going, going about it thinking it looked great. And then, uh, and then, you know, it's just, and then, so it's yeah, good just, to check it on multiple platforms, like you were pointing out, yeah, Ty. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's a great, great way to, to make sure everything is, is as it should be. We've got about um, 10, 12 minutes or so okay. here. Show us an indoor image, if you don't mind. This has been really great. Yep. So really I quickly, sure. sorry, really quickly. Um, I'm going to actually have Ty send me these two photos, the before and afters. Um, That'd be great. Because on Facebook, it's actually, it's compressing the color a little bit. Um, so then they can actually see what you're referencing as okay. far as the before okay. and after. Perfect. Perfect. That'll be helpful. Okay. So this is a raw image of an indoor session. I used off camera flash and she's got very dark skin. But the first thing that I see about her skin is it already has orange undertones. Okay. So you can see there's orange in her forehead. There's orange along her arms. Sure. So I know like by applying like a Fuji, if I put Portra on this, it's going to make it look very warm. 100%. 100%. So that's why I stick I stick with the Fuji presets um, because they help with taking that down. So Fuji pushed is going to put, like I said, it pulls your blacks out a lot. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to bump exposure on this. And Ty, I'd love to highlight the fact that, and again, this may seem obvious to some listening in, but you're p- applying the preset up front and then making adjustments. Um, and this is something right. we do at Photographer's Edit with our workflow. The preset goes on up front then we're making adjustments because you're going to undo a lot of work if you don't put mm-hmm. that preset on first. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and the reason why I photographed that image like a little bit underexposed is because I know that when I apply Mastin presets, they do bump exposure automatically on them. And then um, I want to make sure that I don't overexpose her skin. Mm-hmm. The first thing I'm going to do is pull the contrast out because it's for me, I don't like a lot of contrast. It's just my personal preference. Um, and then she's already looks a little bit more natural just right off of the bat. So the next thing I do is I kind of play in my highlights a little bit. I may bring some more of that because I want to make sure I'm like staying true to like her dress and like seeing all the whites in her dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I may play a little bit in the temperature and just see if I could take some of the coolness off. So on my screen, it doesn't feel like it's too warm. And then I might want to add just a little bit of tint in there to take a little bit of the green out. So and you're adding so just a little bit be, of magenta with the uh, the tint slider at the yeah, top panel. Okay. Just adding a little bit of the magenta. So when I look at her, this is pretty much how she looked the day of her shoot. She had, you know, her makeup professionally done. Her skin is very orange. So I wanted to make sure I used Fuji to kind of cool that down just a little bit. Sure. Um, and then on her, I don't really need to play too much in luminance. If I were to play with it, it's just going to kind of take, brighten up the oranges for me a little bit in the luminance slider. Personal preference, but 
when I sent this to the client, she was over the moon. Hmm. So, cause it looked like her. Yeah. And that was one of the things that she said is she's like, I'm, you know, from the Bahamas, I'm very dark skin. I want someone who's going to photograph me in a way that is true to how I true to my skin. Mm-hmm. She was very concerned about it. Most clients, most of my clients don't are not concerned about it. They just assume it's going to be okay. And then when they get the images back, they're like, wait a minute, I look kind of pink or I look kind of blue. Whereas she knew how she wanted, she had done some modeling before. So I was actually a little bit nervous about her because I was like, oh, I got to get hers perfect because she knows what <laughs> she's looking at. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, this this is really helpful context. Can we do one more? I think we've got just a couple of minutes. Can you do one yeah. more for us? So um, you guys might recognize this cutie right here. Oh, oh. Kim, Kim Marie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So this is Kaya Marie and her fiance. They're going to be getting married soon. And this was at WPPI the year, like the year before last. I love this shot because it's done in harsh light. Mm. And for African-American or melanin skin tones, harsh light can really be like a downfall. Sure. So when so I'm you're actually like, out in the middle of the desert here with, I mean, the harshest of harsh light, the harshest of harsh light. Yeah. So as you can see, the shadow was falling a little bit off to them to the right. Mm-hmm. And so I placed in front of that shadow because for me, I don't care like what's happening in the sky. I don't care what's happening kind of around them. I'm really more concerned about what's happening with their skin. So that's my first thing is, is their skin exposed? Can I see the groom's face? without me having to like bump exposure post. And that's the way that I started this picture off. So then when I go in and I apply my preset, it automatically warms it up right away. A little bit too warm for my taste. But the first thing I'm going to do, believe it or not, is just bump exposure just a tiny bit. And then I'm going to take the contrast down a tiny bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just a tiny bit. And to me, I would probably deliver an image like this. There wouldn't have to be anything else I would need to do to this image. And was this also using the, the Fuji preset? This was using Fuji pushed. So Push, I okay. use Fuji pushed Mastin for everything. Okay. And I go through little cycles. Like in the fall time, I might play with Ektar in the fall. In the springtime though, it's always going to be Fuji 400 or Fuji pushed. Got it. Okay. Wow, yeah. this is this is really helpful, Ty. Rich Heather, I love, Haley, I, I, I love that image. I mean, like, uh, I want to do a photo session in the desert. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, look, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just looking at where their their feet are. Uh, it's just like the the, crack, the cracked cracked earth and everything. Like, yeah. yeah, that is amazing. Wow, yeah, yes. just a be- it's a beautiful photo. I love it. Thank you. Such a fun session. I was a little. I personally was a little bit nervous about like. Oh my gosh, we're in direct light. I'm yeah. someone who likes to find filtered light. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this had me a little bit heart palpitations. But once I started shooting, I was like, oh, this is magic. Mm-hmm. You handled it beautifully. And they've got that. It, um, Kaya particularly has that that nice rim light on her hair, which is mm-hmm. which yes. is great. Um, yeah, beautifully done. Beautifully done. And I, I can't thank you enough for, first of all, bringing the topic up in discussion with me, but then also being willing to kind of share your perspective and ultimately technique too, very actionable, practical technique that our listeners can apply to the editing work that they're doing with their images. Uh, This is really, really helpful stuff. So again, anybody listening to the audio version, make sure that you check out the Facebook page for Photographers Edit. We'll have the video saved and posted there, facebook.com slash photogs edit. 
And um, Ty, one more time, uh, give your your own social media and website a shout out. Of course, we'll put this in the show notes, but I'd, I'd love for everybody to, to come follow you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So my website is www.typentecostphotography.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Ty Pentecost. Beautiful. This is really, really good. I I can't thank you enough, Ty, for doing this. Um, Haley, do we have a a Workflow Wednesday episode coming up that we can tease at this point? We do. How do I stop sharing though? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, there, there's no reason to, to stop sh- not sharing. I love that photo. There we go. Got you covered. Okay, there, there, there. <laughs> we do have an episode coming up on April tw- uh, 29th. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong date. Um, April 29th at 2 p.m. So a little over three weeks, three, three or four weeks. Can we tease who it is, what it's about? Still lining that up, but we will. I will make sure to put it in this episode whenever we have it finalized. Okay, perfect. So TBD, <laughs> but look out for that. Yeah, I, I know that uh, for everybody listening in, the Workflow Wednesday series have been kind of intermittent. The, the individual episodes have been. Um, we're working those in in between the regular podcast interviews and then the brand position consultations. We've got a ton of content going out. Um, I know it, in some cases it may feel overwhelming, like you can't keep up. Uh, in fact, I just this is going to be episode 397 or 98 that I've recorded. Um, it's a lot of content that we've produced, but ultimately we just want to add as much value as possible. And keep in mind, if you just go to bocapodcast.com, you can search by category or topic. And Haley's continuing to develop that out. So it makes it easy for you to find specific um, episodes related to, to various categories or topics. Um, as you want to. So don't have no need to be overwhelmed. You can just selectively go to the episodes most relevant to you. Just go to bocapodcast.com for that. Um, thanks to Haley for that. Thanks, Rich and it, Heather. Thanks, yeah. Ty. This thanks is a fun episode. It, 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 it'll be interesting if we are still social distancing uh, and on, on April 29th. If, uh, if not, I'm going to be in, in Nathan's Nathan's <laughs> apartment just like doing this. Entire, Rich is going to be in the fetal <laughs> position for our next <laughs> workflow like, Wednesday. I'm, so I'm, tune like, in. I'm going to be like h- hugging Nathan the entire, the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, yeah, so Ty, good to see you guys. Ty, so nice to meet you. you. Nice All to right. meet you guys. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, guys. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.